Good morning. Uh, thank you, Sykes, for that introduction. It, it, it's crazy how that story worked. And as he said, I accepted that job offer this past week. And pending that background check, I will be heading to Georgia within the next couple of months. Uh, but a little bit more about me. I just want to say I'm a sibling. I'm the oldest child. I have a, a one blood relative. I have a little sister who's a sophomore at Johnson who also is going into youth ministry. And I have two stepbrothers, one who's in college and one who's about to graduate high school. And I served with John Lancaster and thankful for that in Huntsville with a seven-month internship and got to meet Sykes through camp and Caleb through camp and through that internship, getting to know them better. It's just awesome and that they invested in me so much. Uh, this morning, though, we're going to be talking about sort of giving our all or going all in. And I recently was looking at a story. It was about a young boy and a young girl. Uh, this little girl was getting prepared to have surgery. And to, to, to survive the surgery, she needed type O blood to be donated. And the, the hospital there and the blood donor bank didn't have any type O blood on, in stock. And the surgeon talked to the young brother or her twin brother who had O blood and sat him down. And with his parents, he's like, hey, your sister needs type O blood. You have it. You need to donate it to save your sister. It's a life or death situation. And the boy, after hearing this from the surgeon, surgeon looked up at his parents and at the, the surgeon in silence for a few moments. And he finally looked up and looked at his mom and dad and said goodbye. He, he, he went with the surgeon and donated the, his blood to save his sister. And not long after he had given this blood, he looked up at the doctor and said, when will I die? Is it going to be soon? The boy thought he was donating blood and giving up his life to save his little sister. He went all in to give up his life as a sacrifice. Now, from that story, both the boy and the girl survived and are doing well. But that boy was willing to do it, so he was willing to go all in. And that leads us to our passage this morning. It's chap uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 27. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine but does not put them into practice. He's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew against it, against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity that I have to preach your word, God. I pray that you be with me as I, pre pre as I present your word, God, that it would come out in a manner to be pleasing to you, and that it would be what you have to say, not what I have to say, God. I pray that if anyone... I pray that this sermon touches hearts, God, and that, that you open hearts and allow it to land. And it's your name I pray. Amen. Uh, when I was prepping for this sermon and back in Destin, when we were talking about the text and we settled on this one with Sykes, I didn't really think about it till when I got ready to write it, that this is one of the scariest passages for me. And we're starting the brand new year off with one of my scariest passages. It, it sort of made me mad at you when I started prepping for it, but... I'm glad I have this passage because it, it, I feel like it's going to be good today. But the reason it scares me so much is the fact that one day people will see Jesus and say that Jesus, I believe in you. 
that that I profess that you are my Lord, he's going to say, away from me, you evildoers, I never knew you. The fact that that's going to happen scares the crap out of me. But it scares me into this mindset that I have to serve, and I'm going to serve Jesus to the best of my abilities. Because I don't want to hear him say, away from me, evildoer, one day. I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I was... I was really mad about this passage being blunt and disheartening, but I think it's going to challenge us this morning to become better followers of Christ. And when I read this passage and I studied it and prepped for this, I saw three challenges for us as believers to apply to our lives here in the new year of 2022. The first is to build our lives on a firm foundation. Verses 24 through 27 of Matthew chapter 7 say, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew against it and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Every, but everyone who hears these words of mine but does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who did his, built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell down with a great clash. Did you catch the important part there? The wise man... He built his house on the rock and the foolish on the sand. I don't know about you, but I would like to be considered a wise person here on earth. And to do that, we have to build our foundation on the rock. We have to build our foundation solely on Jesus Christ and his word. We have to allow Jesus to become the cornerstone of our lives and our faith in him. When we proclaim Christ as our Lord and our Savior, we must begin building our foundation on him. Because he is the cornerstone. He, Jesus also later says this in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 42. He says, he's quoting from the Psalms here. He said, Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. See, Jesus, he has to be our cornerstone. In this world, there are many things that we could use to build up our lives. I know for me back in high school, I built my life around sports. I played baseball growing up. It was the most important thing in my life. If I wasn't playing it, I was watching it or watching videos about it. My whole life was structured around practicing it, baseball, playing it, or watching it. And for you, it may be you may be building your life around family or work or partying or drinking or anything. But this morning, I, I challenge you to listen to what Jesus says. He instructs us to build our lives on Him. He, he, see, Jesus was the cornerstone that no one wanted. The builders rejected him. But for us, as mankind, he was perfect. He was the perfect sacrifice who went to the cross to die for us. He, he died for us to have him as that cornerstone to build our foundation in him. I love what Paul writes in the Ephesians in chapter 2, verses 19 through 20. And this is about what happens to us when we build our life solely on Jesus. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Here we see when we place Jesus as the cornerstone, when we have him as our foundation, that we are adopted into the family of God. We become heirs to the throne. We become citizens of the kingdom of God. We're no longer these strangers and we're no longer foreigners to God, but part of his family. He invites us with open arms. I believe wholeheartedly 
that Jesus is what we should build our lives upon. And when Jesus is our firm foundation, our daily walk with him, then our world around us starts to sort of look a little different. When we allow Jesus to become the foundation, it leads us to a life of loving and serving him. When we allow Jesus to be our firm foundation, it should lead us to study his word. It should guide us to a life of building our life, not only on him, but on his word and doing what it teaches. Paul writes in Timothy, in 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from who you learned, learned it, and how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. As we move into this new year of 2022, I challenge you to not only build your life upon Jesus, but upon his word and what it teaches us. We learn here from Paul that the scriptures make us wise because they teach of, teach of Jesus and teach of how he saves us and teaches us how he is vital to our salvation. In this new year, I challenge you to, that we have to all, me included, become more devout believers in Jesus by building a firm foundation on his word and on him. I challenge you this new year to become a more devoted student of the word. I challenge you to really study, to dig into what God's word, because it'll be life altering. And I challenge you to find ways, whatever that may be for you. For me, it's waking up early in the morning and going outside and getting in his word. But find ways that are perfect for you to get into God's word. Now, when we're truly devoted to God's word and building our firm foundation on Jesus, we, we start to start to practice what we preach and practice what Jesus preach, uh, teaches and preaches. Matthew chapter 7, 20, verse 24 says, Therefore, everyone who has, hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a man who built his house on the rock. I really want to focus on one word there, practice. Jesus says that everyone who hears these words of his should put them into practice. And those people are wise. Jesus doesn't sit there and tell us to merely read his words or hear his words and go about our day. He, tells us, he doesn't want us just to hear it and not be changed. He wants us to hear it and live it out. He wants us to practice what he preaches. Now, I can't lie, when I, when I wrote this sermon and when I was thinking about this point and delivering this point, even right now, I can't stop thinking about a press conference that happened by an NBA player back to about 20 years ago. On May the 7th of 2002, Allen Iverson took the podium as a member of the Philadelphia 76ers basketball team in the NBA. In a span of about two short minutes, he used the word practice 22 times. He kept saying, we're talking about practice, not the games, we're talking about practice. For him, the practices weren't important, it was the games. He had missed a few practices for some family things and some other stuff, and that's what the media focused on, but not the games, just the fact that he missed practice. But for us as, as Christians, our practices are important because our practices are the game. Our practices are in real life. When we practice as believers, it's in the game. It's in the crunch time. It's in the important moments. We have to practice what we preach, what we read. We have to practice what we learn at all times. I love what James chapter, 20, chapter 1, verses 22 through 25 says. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. 
Anyone who listens to the word does not know what it says. It's like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently on the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in all that they do. So how many of you this morning looked in the mirror and walked away and forgot what you looked like? I didn't think any would. would. Then why do some of us, when we, we hear the word of God and we hear it taught, we hear it preached, do we walk away and not practice what we heard and practice what we learned and practice what was taught? We have to practice what we teach. We have to practice what the Bible instructs us to do. We have to set the example for those living in the world around us by living out the words of Scripture in our daily lives. When Jesus and his word are our firm foundation, we begin to practice his instruction. Romans chapter 2, verses 20 through 24 says, An instructor of the foolish, a teacher of little children, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. You then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that people who... You who say that people who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who adore idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. These, for me, these words from Paul, they're really tough to hear. They're, they're tough to hear, but church, how often are we sort of guilty of the same things? I've heard it said that Christians, as a body, as a whole, we're, we're one of the most hypocritical people in the world. We get that reputation from non-believers because we say one thing and do another. This new year, I challenge you, and I'm including myself in this because I'm guilty of it as well, to practice what we preach and read in Scripture, to, to really embody the words of Jesus Christ. Because our world, it'll, it'll be completely shaped differently when we're living out the words of Jesus Christ. I challenge you in this new year to be sort of that, instead of being hypocritical, to be a beacon of light that shines back to our Savior and Jesus. I love, Jesus says this in the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We, as believers, are called to be the light of the world that shines back to the true light in Jesus Christ. We should live out our lives trying to be a reflection of Christ and being a light that shines back to him. <clears throat> so the final challenge that I sort of want to present to you guys this morning is, to, as believers, we have to be all in or we don't give anything. It's, it's all in or nothing. Now, I see in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, it says, Now, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evil doers. Here, Jesus tells that many will proclaim his name one day and they won't make it to the kingdom of heaven. 
Did you catch who, who would make it though? Because Jesus states it. He says, those who do the will of my Father. To know the will comes from building our life on Jesus and knowing what his word says and practicing what it teaches. When we profess to know Christ and, Christ and live out our lives as believers, we change and begin to look different to the world. When we, when we go all in as believers, we stand out in this dark world that we live in that's full of sin. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19 says, Nevertheless, God's foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows who's, those who are his. Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. We begin to look different in this world because it's so wicked. But we really look different because we begin to turn away from those wicked ways when we accept Christ. And God knows who, is, who his followers are. He knows our hearts. We can give this appearance to our peers that we've got it all put together and that we're good Christians. But then behind closed doors, what are we doing? We could be living this double life and not truly be all in. But God knows when we are that way. He knows our hearts. He knows our minds. He knows our thoughts. He knows our actions. And he knows who his true disciples are. And he knows when we've given our all to him. Revelation chapter 3, verse 16 through 17 says, So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you from my mouth. You say I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. We can't have it both ways. We can't profess to know Christ and live like how we used to do. We can't profess to know Christ and then live out our faith and not live out our faith in Him daily. As believers of Christ, we are called to be all in, to surrender everything to Him. We cannot go about our lives like there is no change from the time when we accepted Christ. When we, ex when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, it changes everything. It changes everything. It changes our attitude. It changes our actions. It changes our heart. It changes literally everything. And I want to share with you this morning uh, what Jesus says in Luke 9, 23. It's one of my favorite verses in Scripture. He says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. That means, church, each day when we wake up, we have to deny ourselves and make a conscious choice to follow Jesus on that day. Each day we, gotta, we have to make up and make the decision to die to ourselves and wholeheartedly follow the one who died for us. Church, as believers, we must die to ourselves, die to our sin, die to our wants and desires, die to our flesh, die to everything that keeps us from following Jesus on a daily basis. If we want to follow Jesus, we have to drop everything and be completely all in and fall in. If we, are, if we as believers don't go, go all in, then we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't even bring anything to the table because we don't. If we're not all in, we're not doing anything for the kingdom of God. For some of us this morning, we need to wake up and choose each morning to follow Jesus and, and not follow some of the things of the news, not, not, not politics, not fear, not our sin, not anything else except Jesus and his word. In order to be true disciples and followers of Christ, we must all die to ourselves on a daily basis. We can't wake up each morning and go about our lives as if nothing has changed. Jesus, back in chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, 
but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. Then I'll tell them plainly, away from me, you evil doers. I never knew you. Now, I don't know about you, but it scares me to hear that. It makes me want to wake up each day and each morning and submit to Jesus Christ. It makes me want to be the best disciple of Christ that I can be. It makes me want to submit and do everything and go all in for God. And now, church, I sort of want this passage to scare you, too. I want it to scare you and challenge you to cause a change in our lives. I want this passage to challenge you this year to be all in or to, to not give anything. This new year, let's make a conscious effort to deny ourselves daily, die to ourselves, and take up our cross. This morning, we've looked at a few challenges for us to, as believers to go into this new year with. We've, we've seen that we need to build our lives upon the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and his word. We need to practice what he preaches in the word. And we need to be all in. Church, that's exactly what's going to help change the world around us. In 2022, if we, we start this year grounded and firm in our foundation in Christ, then it changes our focus. And we are focused solely on Jesus Christ and his word then we start to do what it teaches and, what, and practicing what it says. And then we go all in and submit. And when we go all in, the world's going to know. They're going to know and they're going to see that Jesus Christ is what's changing us. So this morning, I challenge all of you to make that a priority here in 2022, to go all in. I challenge you to go all in as a disciple of Christ. I challenge you to be just like the little boy at the very beginning of my sermon, the little boy who went all in to save his sister. I I challenge you to be the same way, to go all in, to save the world for Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your son, Jesus, who died for us. I pray that each and every one of us build our lives on you, have a firm foundation in you, and we practice what you preach, God. And then I pray that, that this year we all go all in, because we know it'll change the world for the better. God, I pray all these things in your name. Amen.